vegan and plant-based business owners and entrepreneurs who are often adapting to a new reality. This new podcast series from Vegan Mainstream is an opportunity to help you when it's time to pivot. These interviews will come from inside and outside of our community, and I hope as your host, Stephanie Redcross West, I can inspire you and give you the tools that you need to move forward. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to our next interview. I'm excited today to not only talk with a fellow marketer, entrepreneur, a person who really has deep roots in building and growing and nurturing a business, but I'm excited about the topic. I'm excited about the business because we're going to be talking about vegan dog food and we're going to talk about the journey. We're going to talk about the experience And what really our guest, Laura, has been up to over not just the last year, but really the foundation that she and her team have put in place to build this business, to build this brand. For many of you out there, you're either at those crossroads where you're building your business, building your brand, or maybe you're making a shift. Maybe you're making some changes just because of our current environment and everything that's going on. So I really think this interview today is going to be key for you because I find it's helpful to see insights from people who have traveled down the road before us and also insights from a female entrepreneur. I think for many of us that are out here in the space, we are experiencing different things as female entrepreneurs and vegan female entrepreneurs. So I'm hoping we're going to jump into that as well. But before I dive into all the details about the business, the brand and everything, let's start with a little bit of background. Let's start with the journey. Maybe, Laura, if you could just maybe introduce yourself kind of to our audience, but from the perspective of what has been this kind of, what has been that why or that question you asked yourself as you ended up on this vegan dog food journey? Mm, yeah, it, it started many years ago. It started in about 1989. And I, the first thing that uh, switched me to start to look more was at um, John Robbins' book, Die from America. And at that time, I, I also happened to be in a, in a really weird bookstore in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada, in the prairies. And I looked and saw this book that said Vegetarian Dogs and Cats. And it was like, that's a long time ago you know, the end of the 80s, I was already pursuing a vegetarian lifestyle, of course, and back then didn't use the word vegan. And I I just, it stuck. And so from there, animal lover, grew up with dogs. Absolutely, once I saw some things, I couldn't unsee it anymore. And then made the choice because I'm an un- unemployable <laughs> person. I'm totally unemployable. I'm an entrepreneur through and through. And I knew that there, years later, there was nothing in the marketplace. And I knew that I needed to do something about that. Perfect. Now let's talk about the name because I was really intrigued when I was doing a little bit of research. And also I just love the twist on it, you know, with the name of Virtue. So anyone out there that whether you're in the market for vegan dog food or whether you're just curious about it. And also I just think as fellow entrepreneurs, it's so important for us to support each other and learn about our businesses. I highly recommend that you 
you know, not only support Laura, but learn about this journey. But let's maybe start with breaking down the name. How did you come up with the name? How did you get the twist? (laughs) How did you figure it all out? Because I know for a lot of people, the name can be something that they get stuck on and they're not able to move forward. Right. Well, it took a long time. That uh, the first name was absolutely, you know, wasn't that. And I knew that through the time it was just a working name. I went, some, it hadn't landed fully yet. And I'm really a creative entrepreneur. I'm very much around marketing and, and communication and messaging. And so for me, it was so important to get that, to nail that name. And we tried throughout the years, but it was just, okay, we're gonna, I'll just keep developing. I'll keep sharing the story until I knew what, what that name would be. And it ended up that we were working with this really cool branding company. And I kept using the word virtue. Dogs teach us virtues. And my background is everything personal growth. I own my own studio and I did personal growth training and programs for many, many years, you know, in that whole realm of vegetarian nutrition as well. And I, I was always doing virtue card nights, you know, women and conversational dinners. And we'd bring dinner and we all share it with vegetarian. Didn't use the word vegan then. And we... I ended up, you know, when I'm sitting with, uh, with the gentleman who I was working with, and I kept saying, virtue, virtue. And he looked at me one morning and he goes, what about virtue? <laughs> and it just landed. It just landed. So it was not an easy journey getting to that answer and to that, to that word, but boy, did it ever nail it. And it's made such a difference in how I describe what virtue is to people because it's not a dog food company. It's a lot more than that. And I love that. I think what's really great is when you can find those names that express that emotion, express that connection, allow you to really connect with a brand because to your point, it's bigger than that. So let's tap into that because I know some people are going to be like, well, what do you mean it's bigger than being (laughs) a vegan dog food company? So let's expand on that. Can you give maybe our audience a little bit of insight into what you mean? Right. It's not, you know, it's so simple to say you make a dog food and you sell it, right? That's that's something that, of course, the old paradigm would be that. It's like, well, just make something we know they're going to eat and you sell it. I'm on the other end of the spectrum. I'm very, very much a social entrepreneur. I believe that anything that we do in business can make a massive difference. And so, you know, I'm in the land of Lululemon. I'm in the land of Gardein. I'm in the land of Eve's. Uh, we're in the land of Daya Cheese. Like we're, we're, the Vancouver is filled with entrepreneurs that are set out to make a difference in a social way. Whether they started it or not that way, it ended up being that. Mm-hmm. However, it is that that was really important to me as, a, as somebody who was in health and wellness and very much about personal growth and making a difference. If I change, the world changes. And so for me, it was a, it was a choice to say, I can do this without it being about just dog food. This is about what we eat, what we literally put on our plate, what we literally put into our mind. And what we literally feed our dog can make a really huge difference. And so that, that all just culminated into everything connected for me. It, it wasn't just you do one thing and they get one result. As we do know, that's just not the case. The case is you do one action, it's going to cause a ripple effect to be either really extraordinary positive or it may not be. And in, in this case, it was like, let's just take the time to really figure out how to build an extraordinary dog food or food for dogs, I call it, I call it dog food, right through to helping people understand that what literally what they're eating and what their dog is eating is, is changing the world yeah. because it is. Yeah. And I love that you're making the distinction of food for dogs, because I think 
you know, what has unfortunately happened is, you know, the way we classified food these days, sometimes, you know, it becomes a, even a byproduct of our lives. You know, we're doing something else and just eating ourselves. So food doesn't get the attention that sometimes it deserves. We don't get the time. You know, we want it fast. We want yes, this and that. Yes, and yes. therefore, because of that, you know, we've maybe allowed our standards around food to slip, you know, and yeah. when we think about everyone in our homes, everyone that we care for, mm -hmm. especially when we have um, dogs or anything like that, mm -hmm. I think it's so important that we think about the food that we yes. are serving. We think about yes. the impact of that food and also the relationship. You know, food is a is a bonding moment for everyone. Mm -hmm around the table. And Absolutely. I think it's so important when we're thinking through making the best choices for everyone in our household. Yes, exactly. And, and, and animals in our homes aren't just animals in our homes. They are absolutely our companions and they absolutely become very, very close to us. And, and I would think even in many cases as close as another human yeah. and, and maybe more intimate because, you know, you can share something with a dog, cat, you know, whatever you feel you want to share your home with. But I, I think, I don't need any ways of keeping thousands of animals around us that don't get cared for. But you know, um, the other side, where we are really caring for that, that other being in our home as if we would care for a family member. And again, that's that positive ripple effect that we cannot even possibly measure because it's intangible and yet it's real. Yeah, it is yeah. real. And it's lasting. You know, for many mm -hmm. of us, our companion animals are with us for 10 years, 20 years. You know, these are, mm -hmm. you know, these are people that we you know, we always grow with, <laughs> you know, I even yes. think about my cat, you know, I think about how much I've grown and changed over the years. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of it is even, you know, based on, you know, on her. So mm -hmm. I, I just think it's so important when we think about the food that we choose and the food that we serve. So mm -hmm. with that, let's talk about, you know, the expansion, because I know for some people, they're like, well, where can I get it? Can I order it? <laughs> you know, <laughs> where is it available? You know, mm -hmm. and so forth. Mm -hmm. I know questions could be popping up. And then also just for individuals who, you know, are building businesses and they're trying to get a sense of what it's like to get that distribution, because mm -hmm. distribution can be a very challenging thing when you have that physical product mm -hmm. and you're building partnerships. So do you want to kind of maybe explain kind of the model, meaning do you go direct to consumer? Are you working through channels? I think earlier we had talked about having, you had some veterinarian partners. Can you give a sense mm -hmm. of, you know, how you've built this kind of network around you? Where are you currently distributed and then what are some of those future plans? Right. Our goal from the very, very beginning, Stephanie, is we saw, this would have been 2008, 2009 when the idea came to me. When it came to me, the whole idea and, and my partner, Gord, we said, you know, it's direct. It's going to be, direct is really, really important and we cannot lose then the quality of the food. And so that was really important to us. And the other was veterinary partnerships. And I don't mean in the way of, and, and this is due respect to the whole industry because I really respect you know all professionals that are out there doing their thing. We're not talking about just a representation, like being a rep and going into the vet offices and selling you know selling their food and, and leaving. But we're talking here about actually developing programs that you know basically start as a feeding trough, but they're actually a nutrition program for that dog. And so veterinary partnerships and direct. There are ways, of course, which we're just going to begin to explore here are business to business online partnerships. And so those, of course, would be with, with businesses where we have values aligned. Things you like uh, here in Vancouver and Canada is Vegan Supply. Uh, you know, the, the owner of that owns 
four or five restaurants now, as well as Vegan Supply. And those are the kind of um, companies that we absolutely want to align with and to see how can we play together and collaborate. However, but you know, those are those are the three areas. So for us, we chose not to go through retail distribution, which is an entirely different monster. Once you get in there, that's a good monster to be in. The part is it's difficult. And so it was we didn't Gord's background was in was in doing some some retail. And so for him, he understood it. And we we knew that was going to be, you know, potentially something we can look at down the road if we don't lose control of, of the quality of the food. However, the most important thing was to have a direct relationship with people. Again, because this is very important, this is nutrition for dogs. This is nutrition for these, these beings that we share our life with that you can pay, either go to the vet and pay thousands and thousands of dollars for the, you know, to fix it, or is there a way that we could prevent it? And that's no different than what we're finding in the human nutrition is that what if we prevent it? Wow. How extraordinary! Like yeah. we, the, the 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 thousands of dollars that healthcare and, and time—not so much it's the time, of course—but the pain and the the missing opportunities when we don't have our health. And that's the same thing for our dogs, because of course they consume our time when they're not well. So our goal was to do distribution that way, and our goal was to put a net, we called it, or even a like a dog park around Greater Vancouver, you know, twenty-five mile radius, to get a sense of what people wanted. How did that work in our veterinary ideas that we would be, uh, the vet would keep a sample. They give the dog a, a sample of our product. And then if that dog, of course, you know, they subscribe it, prescribe it more or less, that dog loves it, which normally they do, then they call us and then we ship it to that patient client. So that's working really well. Okay. And then the other was direct online, mm-hmm. getting to our community. We had a large community that was growing and following us because they kept hearing about us. They kept talking about it. We're going to do this someday. Hang in there with me as I'm raising capital as a woman. And it was fun. It was, it was my fun. It's, it's a hard, it's hard. However, the outcomes have been pretty incredible. So it was just, you know, really going right to our target community, which vegan dog lovers, uh, people that knew pe- people that were really open-minded and uh, to, you know, to really looking at a new option for dogs. So we chose those as our distribution channels. And, the, you know, nowadays, especially direct, there's some yeah. really, really good stuff that we can do. And so we're having beautiful relationships with our customers. We know them. We know their dog's birthday. And we, we know their birthday. We know exactly what their house looks like when we deliver. So we got an opportunity to really know who those people were and what they were feeling. And we're always fielding questions. Tell us more. What more can we do? That's really, really important for us. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I love that you, I love the visual of, you know, putting the the dog park around Vancouver, as you said. But I also love the idea that you kind of took a very strategic approach. I think for a lot of us, when we start our businesses, we're like worldwide, everyone, you know, we I know, we, I know. we just dream I so big. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the reality yeah. is, you know, it takes time to build an audience. It takes time. And it's also so important that your customer base really knows you and you get that feedback loop. Is there anything that you found during that process that was maybe a big aha moment? And maybe mm-hmm. for anyone who's listening today, if they're nervous about, you know, being strategic, being focused, that maybe you'd recommend to them to say, you know, they should take that route too, so that they could have some maybe big wins and also learn some things quickly and be able to better serve their customer base. 
with good points and, and loaded answers. So we could be talking about that for hours, yeah. um, especially in regards to being a woman in business. And all you know, that's more for me because I can obviously come from that space. I have a very, very masculine way of thinking. I am very much, a, I'm driven, I'm an athlete. I've always gone for what I want. However, the feminine side of me is pretty strong too. And that feminine side meant I didn't have to race. I know I don't need to race. And so for those of us that did, you know, the global vision, mm-hmm. hold that vision. God, if you've got that vision, hang on to that. The part is, is know that when you, like, I love the book by Stephen Pressfield. He's just brought out, it's called Put Your Ass Where Your Heart Wants to Be. And so, you know, as a writer, creator, entrepreneur, et cetera, sit down, do the work. And when you do the work, strategy-wise, you know, just keep doing the work, but hold that vision. You're going to get to that book. You're going to get to that to that business. You're going to get there. Just don't stop. The part is, is that if you think it's going to take six months, it'll probably take three times that. And that has been my experience. And so because we think, oh, that can get done during that time. But we have to look at all the other pieces of the puzzle that have to fit in. It can be at somebody else's. Um, you know, they have to be the consultant for you or they have to do part of it. So it can be people, it can be COVID, it can be things like that that just show up out of nowhere and stop you in your tracks. So you have to be really prepared for those things. And and so that basically, absolutely keep that big vision. And if you got that magical feeling about what I need to do, that is definitely where you're going to be serving some of your purpose, right? And if it doesn't go away, you know it's meant for you. Elizabeth Gilbert, if it doesn't go away, it's meant for you. And so that that is it. And then strategy, no question. You need to think a bit like a guy. And I mean that with really because we are we have our strengths Mm -hmm. and thinking like with that focus in mind and knowing, yes, there's got to be plus and minuses here. It, it, as in the real books, it's got to be the numbers. You've got to know your market. You've got to know your budget. You've got to know what people will pay as much as you can at the time. And then you test it. You have to be in a position to have enough capital, enough something, you know, enough visa, <laughs> credit visa, you know, on your visa. Rather, you got to know you've got enough there to do that because you, you need to, you, do, you will need to test it. No question. So those are the things that, Keeping that very strong vision is, for me, has always been at the heart of my experience. And then definitely following the, the good advice of, of people that, that say, get the strategy in place or find the person that can do that with you. Yeah. And that is powerful. If we can accept that kind of assistance, because entrepreneurs sometimes do your own thing. We don't, we're going to do it. No, I can do my own thing. I know how to do this. No, no, we can't. We don't know everything. It's impossible. Yeah. And so to get the right people around you that support what you see. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think to your point about having a good support system around you, sometimes they can help you see things you're not able to see just because, you know, you're either too close or you're too far away. Yeah. Sometimes it's just literally perspective, not so much that as an entrepreneur is something we missed. You know, it's just right. that sometimes we can get really either deep or we can go very high and dream that mm-hmm. sometimes you need someone to help you find that happy medium in your business um, at times. Yeah. And it's just because yeah. these are these are long roads to be on. Um, They're very long. <laughs> yeah. And it's worth it. It's worth it. But it you're is. right. And you do. And like I fortunately did have, and Gordon's like literally, he's, you know, I'm, I'm the main shareholder. He's, he's um, you know, because he's my partner for life. It's just, just this is your gig. You're the major shareholder. It's not. It's not him. He's though incredibly supportive 
And he does it in a really tough way because he's an extreme masculine businessman. But that it helps me to really stay focused on what is really important next step. Because I have a motto, it's it's how I live my life, is what's the right thing to do. So it could look like what's the right thing, you know, phys- you know, philosophically, what's the right thing emotionally, what's the right thing physically or in that business that I should do next. And I have to really ask that question deep and, and you know, that kind of thing. So yeah, having those people around and knowing when the next right move is to go forward. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think even the comment on something you said earlier about kind of the way we look at things, you know, sometimes the way we look at things as females, sometimes the way we look at things as males, and then sometimes the way we just move through life. Sometimes we all have like different personalities of being extroverts or Mm -hmm. introverts or detail oriented and all that Mm -hmm. stuff Mm -hmm. that I think is so interesting at times that, you know, we have to flex, you know, sometimes our core is definitely the thing that makes our secret sauce. But we do have to know how to be a little bit more analytical at times when we're an entrepreneur, even if we are one of those people that are just like, yeah. eh, I hate the numbers. Because mm-hmm. you want to make sure you have the visibility that you need. You want to make sure that you have that kind of look in your business so that you're not just all gut or same thing on the other side, you don't want to be all numbers. That's right. You know, you want to get that balance. So I think it's just interesting, you know, when you were making the comment earlier, like, you know, how much do you have to think like a woman and think like a guy and think like all those things are, you know, they're so tricky sometimes to unwrap Mm -hmm. that I find at times it's, it's also learning about who you are as an entrepreneur and how much you can flex into different roles. Maybe not stay there always, but flex into different roles so that your business gets the best version of you. Yes. Uh, leave the ego at the door, I say. That's the best thing that we can do, literally, and really do our own work behind the scenes on ourselves. Because then we can show up in that room in ways that um, are about listening. And it's about truly making a difference in that room, rather than I need to share my ideas. I need this to be mine. It'll work. It'll always come back. Right? Literally, what we put out comes right back. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about the last year and moving forward. Where Mm -hmm. are you headed? What's next? Or maybe let me ask a two part question. I always love these. (laughs) So bear (laughs) with me. You know, what's been kind of the last 12 months? What's been some of the things that you've been navigating through? And then what are some of those solutions either moving forward that you're putting in place to, you know, combat some of those challenges? Or opportunities that are coming kind of for the business, because I know sometimes, at least for me, sometimes those friction moments yield great things. It's just that while you're feeling the friction, it's driving Mm -hmm. you crazy. But Mm -hmm. in the end, the output of it and the opportunity can be something amazing. Mm -hmm. Great. So essentially, we had opened, so we, I knew that we needed to have more exposure, especially in the Vancouver area, being where we are is to have an actual presence. So a year ago, we, year and a half ago, about a year ago, we ended up finding a space literally down the road from me. Oh my God, I walked to work. I'm just loving nice. it. I no commute. I walked down the walk with my dog and I get her. And it was huge choice to do because it's, it's you know, opening and exposing and having a sample shop and having, you know, where people can see what we're doing. And we also do our production here. We do our delivery from here. So it was a big choice and it's part of the model so that people see that we 
actually having our own sample shop, our own place gives us somewhat of a retail look, even though we're not a retail company. And so that's the, the challenge with that is consistently, obviously, to keep the financing going and keeping the business going so that we have a really great space to pull through that model. Mm-hmm. That assists in every way because if we can show that we have a real physical space, whether it's online virtually, here we are, you know, here's our space, here are our virtual dogs, here are, here's our production, here's what it looks like. It really gives us solidity. To keep all that going is tough stuff, right? There's mm-hmm. a lot constantly bringing in a team, working really strongly with people that you, you know that have the same values as you. It's been phenomenal. The biggest part that I discovered through this, and one of the toughest things, was that it, we, vegans, of course, support this from the beginning. They support. They get their dog. They're excited. They are really, really excited. Some, however, don't just go off and start. They might go on another food or they might cook part for their food. And we ended up learning that the vegan community zero is, is, is its support. However, they may not necessarily be the full-on um, customer for, for life. Mm-hmm. There are some, most are extremely great and committed, et cetera. However, it really did, it really did open my eyes because what we found and what we were also working towards, Stephanie, is that plant-based foods for dogs, just like with humans, is incredibly good for their health. However, it, it absolutely can stop a food sensitivity, skin issue, tummy issue mm-hmm. in its tracks. So... This is huge. So we ended up knowing through the veterinary from years ago of doing the interviews was they got a problem. And if we can get at the nutrition first, rather than putting drugs and steroids and all the things that we do in order to try and stop the issues. So it, what we ended up finding out was that the committed you know, customers are the ones that, of course, that are getting the results for their dogs. Yeah. So... Um, absolutely, can be because a, a vegan has a lot, you know, a lot of rescue dogs and senior dogs, and those dogs are doing phenomenal. Senior dogs are doing phenomenal in food, okay. and things like um, the skin issues, no question. We're having like, I would say probably an 85 percent response, which is huge. Yeah, and it's it's so exciting. So, but what it was, it was kind of it kind of deflated my bubble, if you will, with regards to vegan, because I'm like, I just go everywhere I can that's vegan, and I'm going to support that baby no matter what. Now, not a saint, you know, with that kind of thing, but it was like I just like, oh, oh, they didn't stay on, huh. you know. So it kind of surprised me, and so that that was the, that was a big one. But you know, we get vegan. A community that have a dog with a skin issue, man, they are really in, <laughs> you know, so we have some really cool things that happen there too. Anyway, so that was, a, I think it was, a, it was a tough one for me to, to see because I, and even then, I mean, I'm, it doesn't stop us from doing, you know, obviously marketing to the plant-based and vegan community. It was just a really big eye opener. Yeah. And um, I think so that was a, a tough one, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say for a lot of people, it's a, it's an interesting thing to learn because we assume that we have a vegan product, the vegan community, they're going to be the community that supports us forever and ever. And they're the core. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes, you know, number one, our vegan community is really diverse, you know, so sometimes we forget that, you know, there's oh, all I'm these different human. Yeah. 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 You know? <laughs> and I think we yeah. also realize that, you know, for us to spread that vegan world, that often the customer base needs to also include people who are not maybe t-shirt wearing, you know what I mean? Showing up at the protest, you know, vegans and yeah. maybe people who are vegetarian or people who are vegan after yeah. six and so forth. So I think it's really interesting as, you know, as anyone builds their business and they learn their customer base, 
sometimes there is a surprise in who are those core loyal, who are those people that support you in the beginning? Because there is a group that does that, but they go to the next business to support as well. And I appreciate them. And 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 that's a part of, I appreciate that too. Exactly. And I'm all good with that. The part is that opportunity in, you know, there's a silver lining in there. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that what we did find out is that so many people that are not vegan want this for their dog. Yes. They, and I just read a new stat, 72% are open to a plant-based food for their pet. And that's massive, 72%. So yes. that, so more and more and more just going, I don't care. I just want my dog healthy. Yes. I don't care. And I'll, and let's see, whether it's ground up kangaroo, which is really a big part of the skin yeah. sensitivity one crocodile or those kind of things rabbits um versus you know where we can just let's just do some plants here yeah and let's not harm one animal to help another animal like that's the other thing it's an eye-opener people are really opening up to this stephanie like it's a big there's a lot of massive well we're waking up on this one yeah and i'm really glad that people are and i'm really glad you know, when our brands can reach outside of those communities because it helps people see veganism as a solution for many things, you know, and as a, it helps even reaffirm the idea that veganism is a lifestyle. You know what I mean? It's a way that we look at the world. It's a way that we care for ourselves, you know, our companion animals. It's a way we can, we really care for the planet. Um, So it all starts to kind of, kind of work together. So my kitty cat joined us. I don't know if you saw her tail <laughs> pop across what, the screen. What is that? Oh. <laughs> I didn't close yeah, the door but, all the way. <laughs> and they'll find a way in. They are amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So as we wrap up today's interview, I always love to make sure people can get in touch with you, get in touch with the brand. You know, if they're looking to support you, if they're looking to just continue to learn more about your story, what is the best way for them to get in touch, whether it's website, social media, email? Right, great. And I, I did, I, I missed uh, answering the question there earlier. Just wanted to say that we are, our next thing is we're launching across Canada. So for those Canadians that are listening, that's our, our, our next goal is launching across Canada. One of our ingredients isn't allowed yet in the United States. So we're, you know, we have to work on that. But that's one of the, that ingredient happens to be why we're getting such great results is what we're seeing in our, in our, in the nutrition programs. So definitely uh, virtue.com, B-I-R-C-H-E-W.com. Absolutely email me, laura at virtue.com. And we have an incredible sales and marketing assistance, customer care. You know, so Shannon at virtue.com if you have any questions on the customer. And we have a Tatiana. Um, she's moved here from Brazil. She's a phenomenal soul. Moved here on her own several years ago. She's a you know background in food engineering, and she's working with us on our veterinary program and food development. And so Tatiana at virtue.com if you have any questions on research and development. And uh, absolutely, you can see us, find us on Google, you know, send us a message, join our list, learn more about what we're doing. If you're in the U.S., we will absolutely keep in touch with you and let you know as soon as we have our foods. It's not a kibble. We have a product that you actually rehydrate. It's a beautiful food that you literally are making dinner for your dog. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, you know, look at those things on the site so you get a feel for it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things are upcoming, new website looks, all those things are always in, in the making. And so please watch for those things. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Well, perfect. It was so great having a chance to chat with you. Sandra dropped by as well. 
and she I just made up. Yay, Sandra, thank you. So glad you came. And as always, you know, like like we were saying, she said 100% by sharing our vegan products and services with non-vegans, we can increase the chance of including them in the community. So yes, um, she was yes. just echoing kind of what we were talking about. And it's always so good to see her stop by. So yeah, absolutely. She's great. So I just want to just say, you know, just congratulations on what you've built. It's so amazing to hear what you've done. It's great to see what you've developed, even with your physical space. All of those things are just oh, huge so milestones in a business. Um, and I love it. it, it, is. Is. it, it is. I know it is. Most people don't know it. You know me and say it like, oh, yeah, it is, man. But it is. And, uh, and, and also want to say like 90% of our capital has come from women, Stephanie. And it's so exciting when I can say that. And, mm. you know, like that the kind of passion that women have for this men too. We got some amazing guys involved, but to see what what's happened with women and the power of, I see this, I'm going to support this. Thank you to all of you who have done that through the years to support us to get here. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. I really thank appreciate you, your time. I appreciate what Wonderful chit chatting with you. And thank you everyone who joined us live or what, whether you watched this as a replay. Let us know in the comments what you thought. Let us know if you have any questions. We will follow up in the comments as well. And as always, we just love doing these interviews, getting a chance to not only talk with vegan entrepreneurs, and in this case, talking with vegan women entrepreneurs gets me all excited. And I just really love the opportunity to kind of show how not only the diverse landscape of businesses that are being created, how we're all serving the community in different ways. So thank you so much, Laura, for your time. Thank you, everyone who joined. And we'll see you in our next interview. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Pivot our vegan business interview podcast. This is recorded as a live streaming session. So I hope you'll join us for future interviews as well. We offer these interviews to help vegan entrepreneurs stay connected with the vegan business community. If you're interested in more in-depth insights or training, please consider subscribing to one of our premium podcasts, Going Solo or Fix It. Visit veganmainstream.com to learn more or click on the links in the show notes.